Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They may sound nuts. So do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back in It's Just Sports here on the 12 Ounce Sports Network. Check out everything the network has to offer over at 12OunceSportsNetwork.com, at 12OZ Sports on Twitter, and of course you can follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter. It's Just Sports, 123 at gmail.com, and you can find all the show archives over at AsylumFantasySports.com. I'm sorry for all these new – I hear, Rick, there's this new Alejandro Finkelstein fan club who was hoping, hoping that he was the new co-host of the show, but I am back and have taken it over. Yeah. But I did let him back in the studio. He's just back in his normal fetch Briggs a beer and do all the work in the background role, where I feel like he belongs, frankly. You know, I'm kind of mixed – you know, with with the sentiment of liking the Briggs and Finkelstein better than Flieger and Briggs, it doesn't really matter to me because Briggs is in both of them, <laughs> right. which I'm fine with. So I just unplugged my headphones. Well, I that's okay. You know, you don't need to hear it's anything. It's all coming apart on me now. All you have to do is is bloviate, and well, you can do that uh, quite well. I do, I do bloviate. But welcome to it's just sports. We are Flieger and Briggs right here on the Twelve Ounce Sports Network, and. You know, it's picking up slowly, Rick. We got some hockey playoffs. We got the first golf major of the year coming up this week. And, and in prime time. Those are oh, the best. I love they it. Play, they should move Augusta somehow, pick up Augusta and take it to the West Coast where you can watch that in prime time it's, as well. I, I tell you what, the PGA usually is like the poor forgotten stepchild of the majors, but being the first one this year, man, I tell you what, I am pumped for it. Yeah, it's going to be a good – and when you look at it, you know, Tiger Woods, Kepka, all the big guys Friday. Tomorrow's going to be rough. Or, yes, tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah, what day is today? Right. Wednesday, yep. yeah. But Friday's going to be perfect. you got all these guys teeing off 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock Eastern time. It, it, it's going to be it, it's gonna be great. And I'll be curious to see what, for the smaller tournaments so far, the no fans has not been noticeable on the tour. I wonder what a major is going to look like with that oh. kind of wall-to-wall coverage. I don't know, but it's going to be great. And you know what? History actually could be made. Do you know Kepka could be the first three-peat champion since, like, the 1920s? And it looks good for him, right, after that slow start and dealing with that yeah. knee injury. Now, you know, the second place finished last week, and he looked like Kepka. The guy's a machine, man. He's, he's Nick Faldo of the 90s. Yeah, except I mean, with really. no personality. He's exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he Faldo just had, had no personality? Oh, of course not. He's got I mean, such a personality now that surprises right. me. Exactly. But, no, he was very, very dry compared to, like, some of the characters. Yeah, you got to realize some of the guys that he was going up against, the older guys, the the Floyds, the Nicholases, right. the Watsons, as he was coming up. I mean, he was like quiet, dry, robotic. And 
just like a machine, kind of like Kepka is now. Only Kepka is much more like a machine than Faldo yeah. was. Faldo at least would acknowledge, yeah. you know. I mean, Kepka yeah, We all remember nothing. what what tournament was it last year where Kepka's walking around? He's got that. 13 on his arm and couldn't be bothered to look at her when he walked away. <laughs> yeah. Now I, that may be a product of, you know, she's just average in his stable. When you look at millionaire, <laughs> you know, good looking golf guy, but I, I yeah, he's just a, a complete dullard, but uh, fun to watch play. So, and I, I got to admit something, Rick, I'm going to do something I never do. I'm going to admit when I was say wrong. something intelligent. Well, that's not going to okay. happen. We know better than that. I'm going to admit I was wrong about something. Okay. When I came bursting through the doors and ruined the Briggs and Finkelstein love fest of last week, whatever that thing was. It was a professional sports podcast. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, Alejandro, do you concur? I mean, he did say that it was a professional sports cast prior to the show going Yes, on. he did. Maybe. Sounded more to me like anyway. Let's get on with your humility. Like two you're admitting you're wrong. I want to hear coffee this. shops. Is I want to hear I this. Thought it was. Oh, so I I got the whining and railing about how in the early on the scrimmages for the NHL, how I didn't like the presentation, I didn't like the sound. Right. What they've done since it got rolling, wow. I yeah. honestly don't miss the crowd. They do a good job with the kind of piped-in crowd noise, unlike the NBA, who just took it right from that NBA 2K, and it never sounds right. It doesn't fit. They've done a good job with that. Even something as stupid as the color of and the the logos and the branding on covering the seats was brilliant, number one, and with what they covered it with, they did a really nice job. I'll tell you what, I find it doesn't bother me whatsoever. I, I kind of like sure it. sure beats the I, smiling catchers I, in the dugouts right, like in baseball right. and all that. I agree. I, I kind of really like it, and they're not doing that stupid thing like the NBA's doing where they're taking you know, videos of people and superimposing them in seats, and it's just weird heads that aren't looking anywhere. I, they did a really – it looks clean. It looks kind of sleek. They've created enough background noise where you don't notice the – like I talk about the awful sounds hockey really does right. make when it's quiet, the skates grinding, the boards. The only time I noticed it was yesterday when the, when the kid from – I think it was Toronto, right, got carted off and they were pounding their sticks and it got real quiet. That was kind of weird. But in-game presentation, I've really, really enjoyed it. It looks Yeah, good. some of the – obviously you don't have the – the magic of like the home team if right, they score right. and and all that the organ and just going crazy but yeah i agree with you it, it's not nearly as obnoxious as we talked about last week no. and we thought was going to be happening and um boy some of these series are setting up nice too it, and we talked about a hot goalie and if Montreal had any firepower. The way Carey Price is playing, it should be Pittsburgh would be on the ropes and right now. I still feel like they're in trouble going, they into, are. going into game three This tonight. power play is a mystery that's going to kill them. Well, that could be. <clears throat> but Carey Price is playing so well, so unbelievably. I mean, game one, they should have been up 4 nothing. Yeah. Be before... Yeah, what, 10 minutes into the period? You know what he reminded me of? Not to interrupt. He reminded me of Dominic Hashik back, what was it, about 97, 98 mm. with the wings, where he was like standing on his head, you know, almost a whole game and saved, basically 
single-handedly saved the Red Wings. Right, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what it is. And they was bad in game one. Game two was so much worse, which is the only yeah. reason the Penguins won that game, where the puck was never in the offensive zone of Montreal. I mean, right. If they had any type any type of competency whatsoever yeah. from the wing positions – Pittsburgh and that's where I f- and they may still be. They that, honestly that's may where be. I still feel the advantage mm. of Pittsburgh because Montreal just doesn't have the guns. No. Price can only take that onslaught so so long as Game Two actually proved that they finally found some chinks in that armor. But they provide him no help. No, nothing. I mean, I mean the poor guy. Zero. Yeah. He's just a, a shooting gallery. Yeah, but yeah, but you bring up the Penguins' power play. You know, I, I think that's. It's stunning with the names on that power play that it can ever struggle. And it was a good power play throughout right. the season. So I've got to think they can figure it out. But but the officials seem to gift them a five-on-three every game here quite often. And they can do nothing with it. I, I think they've gotten to the point with their age and the way they do it. They've always kind of had this problem, right? They're too skilled. you got Crosby on the ice. you got Malkin on the ice. they get too much skill – Latang, so it gets too pretty sometimes. I think they need to do kind of exactly what Washington does, only opposite, how they just put Ovechkin on that left wing and just keep feeding it to him until he gets and he just tries to drive it through the goalie. You need to put Malkin on that right wing, put Crosby below the goal line, and just keep feeding that and keep well, and not only it's that, too much. You look back a few years ago when the Penguins had Sergei Gonchar. Right. Leading it down, you know, on the on the point from the defensive end or defensive side of it, and he basically seventy five percent of the time fired it at the goal, right? And, and the skilled players collapsed on that, and that was successful. But you see this with Pittsburgh; it's like they're trying to set up this perfect shot, right? Every time, instead of just hammering away. I mean, they had their share of them at price. Right. No, don't get me wrong, but I mean, shoot that puck. I mean, you're going to get rebounds. You're going to you're going to get these these weird kicks and the and and bounces and so forth. They they just they seem to too much gadgetry. Now, I will say, not so much in game one. Game one was almost inexcusable, and they, and they lost the game and deservedly so between Price and their as inept as they were on the power play. Game two, I think Montreal did a really good job clogging up the neutral zone, especially on the power play. The Penguins had a hard time getting in and getting set up, which is what you have to do if you're a Montreal. And and Pittsburgh will figure that out. But once you get it in the zone, there's and I don't tonight they might go four or five on the power play. They're that skilled. I don't think there's any real breakdown in what to do. It doesn't look any different than anything they've done in the past. So I'm not overly concerned about it. But in a five-game series, everything small <laughs> becomes much, much bigger. It becomes a much bigger deal. You're not kidding. I, I agree 100%. But I like it. It's good to watch. It, it has been. And I, I've been surprised. And I'll tell you what, this is the first time I've ever sit down and logged a lot of time with Edmonton. I knew Connor McDavid was great, but holy Wow, is this kid. Wow, wow. I don't think he gets talked about enough because he plays in Edmonton. Right, exactly. And I'll tell you what, Edmonton is, i tell you, they're a legitimate threat to this cup. They feel like, the to me, like the Penguins in, what was that, 2008? Right. When they got to the Stanley Cup Against final, the Wings, right, yeah. Lost and then went on that 
went on that run of greatness after they have that feeling to them. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, their talent. I got to quit hitting my windscreen here. Well, it's just not push a, it away from you. It's not a very professional presentation. Hey, like I just want to say that um, you know, um, as you know, this this is my birthday today. Just looking on Twitter here. From uh, DVE legend Sean McDowell, I got a birthday wish. And, and uh, How did DVE Sean McDowell know it was your birthday? Because we're pals. We're tight. So you told him? And <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> no, a long time ago. But, um, so you're out there begging for birthday. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, no, I tell you what, I don't know what to say who actually the favorite is in the West. Hold on. Let's not blow past this. How old are you? How old do you think I am? 86. Nope, not quite. Uh, not quite. Your guess? Oh, he said not quite. 84. Four. No, not 84. quite. Not quite. And what are you? You're exactly 20 years older than me, right? You're the same actually, age as my father. Actually, I'm 19 which makes years me older very than you. Happy I'm 19 years older. You're the same age you. as my father. So, if you quit talking, you I am 19 years older well, than you. If you'd have answered the question 10 minutes ago, we'd have could have moved on from that. Well, nobody knows how old you are. Well, that's true. How old am I? 43. Three. I'll be 43. I'm right. not quite there yet. Right. I got a little time left. That's right. Minus one. So you just turned 62. Yes, I did. Is that retirement age? What's retirement age? With me? Well, yeah. Probably never. You should retire. I can't. Then you could, like, I have nothing to live on. Prep for the unless, show. Unless you can, you know, just send me a monthly stipend, I can't, can't retire. Can't you get the, get the, the uh, Social Security and the Medicare? Actually, and stuff? I can't get none of that shit till like, 60. What are you cursing on the air for? Good Lord. This isn't family friendly. Filthy. Mind. Nobody said anything about that. Filthy. Mind. It is his birthday. Let him go. All right. Yeah, he's drunk. As I don't a think rat. I can get any of that stuff till like '66, something like that. Oh, so you got to keep working. Well, whatever you consider work. I mean, most average Americans would not consider. It work. Ollie Honda and I work together. He can attest that we kill ourselves. Yes, judging on when I walked out of work. The, Absolutely, every day. The combined thirty-seven text messages I had the two from the two of you told me how hard you were working today. We never text you. He did. You did. There was that big group text you had me on today. I walked out of that hole and bing, 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 bing. That was over a long period of time. I doubt that. Well, either say you should be working. Actually, that makes it worse. That was quitting if you time. Rifled off it was quitting oh, time. I don't buy that for one second. We we Not one we second. get our job done. Your tax so we can head to the work, bar, ladies and gentlemen. That's is it. Do you two go get sloshed before you even? Come Where to were we before studio? we came here? Am I allowed to name drop? Absolutely. Uh, I I don't see why. Hey, maybe we can hit them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I talked to him before about it. Yeah. Uh, we were at Recon Brewing in Butler, Pennsylvania. Yes. <laughs> Great beer. So, so awesome poor, beer. Poor visuals. These two are blowing out of work a half an hour early, going to a bar. I mean, I, I left two hours early. And then I'm killing myself at work. I show up at the studio just in time for airtime. They both got three empty beer bottles in front okay. of them. It's a wonder this thing gets on the air. Let's, let's clarify things. Oh, this ought first. to be good. Number one, you are a kept man. I'm you, you have a you have here. a wife that that is professionally very successful, and you have this job where you toddle around. I toddle around. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Basically, it you shake hands, 
and, and kiss butt <laughs> and, and say, here, sign this. No, and, I'm the one who has to sign. Oh, I don't wow. ask people to so sign. So you actually have your own pen. Right. <laughs> Great. I'm killing myself down there. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. I see that forearm's really huge yeah. from signing. It's so like much. the guy spinning the Pop-up. sign on the yeah. commercial. Mental yeah. note exactly. for uh, the Christmas show. You're getting a special pen. Oh, a special pen. Nice. Nice. What are we talking about? Your birthday. I have Nobody no cares about oh, your no, birthday. Oh, no, actually, the PGA. Uh, they're playing at... Um, like we said, it starts on Thursday. They're playing at TPC Harding Park. And um, I don't know really know who the favorite is coming in. I mean, a lot of people. It's got to be Kepka. You would think so. JT coming but, off that But the win. odds are Dustin Johnson, I think Rory McIlroy, I believe. Rory's been terrible since this. I know. Started. I don't know why he's always such good odds because yeah. really, and since, God, it's been what? Two or three years since he's won a major. Well, since coming back from coronation here, he's been awful. Well, he's that's been, true. Been trunk slamming most weeks. And um, Tiger's playing. A lot of people think he's going to be competitive. Remains to be seen. Uh, he won't, but I still can't wait to watch him. It, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it depends. I don't I, know anything about this course. Do you? I don't. I really I don't. don't. No, I, I don't. Lines up for. I know like San Tiger. Francisco can be a very difficult place to play with the wind coming off the ocean a lot of times. And the, just the people. Well, there won't be any of the people there. Well, in the weather like sometimes. I mean, it can be cold sometimes. You're, you're at least cool and dampish sometimes. It can be windy. You know, it, it could be interesting. And, and, and not, not really knowing anything about TPC Harding Park, I can't see where it really – a lot of the veterans have any advantage because I don't think that's been some sort of you don't hear them regular much, place. Yeah. It's not like Augusta or Oakmont or right. something like that. Yeah, it doesn't stick out to me. I'm sure they played plenty of tour events there, but I don't remember any of them. I don't either. Let's go back to our roots for a minute, Rick. I've been I was thinking about something today. Okay, our roots are what? Fantasy football. Okay. I, I don't want to do that. I never want to turn this into a fantasy show, even as football comes in. But something I got to thinking about today, with all the COVID heating up and whether or not we'll even have games, those discussions are tired. We're not having it anymore. But fantasy drafts are coming up. Are there anything, and I'll put this out to the two of you in the studio here, is there anything you're going to alter in how, who, or the way you draft your fantasy team knowing what pitfalls could exist for the coronavirus well since the opting out period is over with right tomorrow tomorrow yeah or tomorrow that's right yeah it's tomorrow but it doesn't seem like there's going to be that many more so i mean you've already know who's not going to be playing um i mean you just draft like normal i would think I mean, that's how I'm going to. Because here's my thought. Here's what I thought about in watching what happened with the Marlins in baseball right. and what's happening right now with St. Louis. Normally, this wouldn't happen, but in a normal draft year, you could catch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, they're all on one team. Yeah, you're going to get beat up on their bye week, but so be it. The way this thing can rip through a team and shut a team down for two right. or three weeks if a couple guys pop positive, 
I'm wondering, am I going to be reticent to have multiple players from the same NFL team where I normally wouldn't be, obviously, but that type of – something like that, I just wonder if that goes through your head. I don't know. Do you even think about it or if I break a new ground here? I I haven't thought about that part of it, but that's that's a very good point. Of course it is. Um, What I was looking at going into it is – I mean, you guys have drafted with me for years now. I will probably only take one tight end and six or seven quarterbacks conservatively. Yeah, I mean, mostly in a row, mostly in a row. what history shows first us. through fifth. <laughs> but uh, joking aside, probably focus more on running backs um, and wide receivers. So well, if, one thing that we were discussing and to, you know, while we're on the little fantasy subject to some of the commissioners out there, think about including a couple of IR positions oh, for rosters this year. When if somebody and make it Corona specific, you know, if if they get the the virus, you can put them in IR, and and it's no penalty. You pick up somebody else. Right. But other than that, I can't really see it changing much for me because you just have no idea where or when this may happen. I think the one thing kind of secondarily kind of where, where you were going, you know, I wonder, I tend to not carry extra quarterbacks. I tend to not carry extra tight ends. You might have to now, right? One, one gets down on this for two weeks and, or maybe you don't. I don't know. I think as far as quarterbacks go, though, we're, we're in the point in the game where unless you have that that extremely high-rated top quarterback, right. yeah. if you lose your quarterback, you can pick somebody up off the waiver wire and stream week to week yeah. and get by for the – I think it's three weeks – the the covid yeah theirs was long right. that was that that's that's what got me thinking about and that's the difference about a typical like redraft league like you and i both play in the scott fishbowl which drafted a month ago right where you start two quarterbacks yeah and, and so forth and and we drafted before all the opt-outs <laughs> exactly exactly yeah we did do that but you know irregardless of that you have to have two quarterbacks starting you know, and, and normally when you're drafting, you draft your couple quarterbacks, and now you at least have one extra just to supplement a bye week, maybe two extra for injuries. Now this takes into effect, you know, if you're in some sort of a, a super flex or two quarterback sort of a league, yeah, it could alter how you draft. Because I also wonder, you know, in terms of that and in being prepared, you have to think, let's say you don't get a full team outbreak of this thing but you could certainly see it and probably will see it in position groups right because they meet in smaller spaces they tend to be together more think about forget fantasy football even real football right if you're Andy Reid and your entire offensive line comes down with the COVID and even if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get it so you're bringing in seven donkeys off the street. Are you going to play Patrick Mahomes behind a you know a CFL quality line for two or three weeks? I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious about that. What that's going to look like. That situation is going well, not to only not that, necessarily with the Chiefs, but it's going to arise. That that's a valid point. But say it is late in the year, and say just for example, they're in a tight race with right. whoever the Chargers through Denver, whatever. 
do you not play Patrick Mahomes? Because obviously whoever's taking his place isn't giving you the chance to win a critical right. game no That's matter what. what. So, so look at it. I, I totally get where you're going with Patrick Mahomes, but does it factor in that he's more mobile than, say, like a Ben Roethlisberger or a Phillip Rivers? It might. So like, He's more mobile, but... I mean, I get the under, the, the, the idea that he potentially would get crushed, but he's more mobile, can get outside the pocket, maybe get a yard run out of bounds, whereas somebody like Phillip Rivers, like, he's... He's just dead. Philip Rivers, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger can still shake tackles and and extend plays as we've seen him for forever doing that kind of thing. Rivers, you know, I saw an interesting little stat on Rivers. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, and I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was like roughly the Kansas City Chiefs had 158 passes to running backs last year philip rivers had 312 300 in last year that's what that that's what it said so was his completion percentage like 10 because eckler didn't have that many catches no he certainly didn't have well i mean you take even at 50 percent he'd had 150 catches i know exactly And, and i just thought that that was a weird stat that sounds like madness to me. I, I know. Mean, that would include fullbacks or... Oh, it, yeah. Derek Watt. <laughs> does, would it count, like, if uh, tight end goes into the H-back yeah, position? Yeah, maybe the H-back. Yeah, maybe they factored it's, that It's possible, in. yeah. But, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Because, I mean, if you look at Phil Rivers, like, even last year, it said he, well, he had a 66% completion rating. 4,615 yards. You know, you would think with 4,615 yards, I mean, that's that's not far from 5,000 yards. He had 23 touchdowns and 20 picks. Well, he always liked to throw picks. That's kind of his thing. True, but, I mean, it just seems really impotent for 4,615 yards, doesn't it? Between the 20s. We've always had running backs like that. Now we got a quarterback like that. Right. While we're talking fantasy, considering the fact that we have 25% of the Caveman Football League here right now, it's nearly a quorum, what are we going to do about the draft? We've got like four people who are hiding under their beds crying. I don't care the about COVID. them. We're having we normally a have meet- it in the studio here. You realize, are we do that? You realize we're having a meeting tomorrow night, correct? No. What are we meeting about? Well, you've been on the group text. I couldn't read it. There was 75 of them. If you don't take your time to read, you don't gather information. There were words he didn't read. Yeah, words. Send if pictures. If you don't read, you don't gather Those information. Gifts. Send gifts. If you don't read, you don't gather information. If you would give me information, I would have said information Christian, was, was all the information beer. in the text? Yes. I'm not reading. I rest my case. What are we meeting? Oh, the draft order. Yes, draft order, draft date, everything else. What time, when, where? At the normal (laughs) brew pub that we always do in Slippy Rock. All right. And we're going to try 6, 6.30. No, all right. I could probably do that. I don't see why not. So we can do that. Are bars open? Yes. We'll decide what our draft is. We are having it at... 
caveman headquarters. All right, so we're having it in the studio. Of course we are. We're we gonna have to move it outside. No. Should we move it outside? No. I thought you were scared of the COVIDs. Do I look like I'm afraid of anything? Well, why do we have to do this other stupid thing with the you. iPad for like two months? Well, because you... just, I mean, I didn't have any idea where the stuff was or anything. I wasn't about to bring it down here to your child or anything like that. Yeah, yeah you you wave your hands, but you dote well, on her you, like crazy. That's going to be a problem, though. I'm telling you. We've got some Corona bros in the league. It's going to be a problem. If you don't show up, I've got guys that want to be in the league. Do you? Yes. Well, who can we buy? Waiting. Let's list. pick one. Let's whack one right now. Well, it depends on who shows up or doesn't want to show no, up. No, I say but we, we've got make we've a got the, a good indicator of who doesn't. Right. Is three out of twelve a quorum? Is that enough to boot somebody? It depends. I'm the commissioner, so I can count for two. Yeah, you two. pretty much wield That's four. You pretty much wield unmitigated power. I the think. way this thing is run. <laughs> Well, you tend to agree with my decisions, so, I mean, it works out okay. Or I just don't care enough to argue about it. Well, I mean, if I ever, um, the, the one time that I was I was ill or whatever it was that I had to relinquish commissionership powers to, who'd I give it to? Well, the jarhead sitting across well, from me. Because so. I am clearly, out of the remaining 11, the most trustworthy. <laughs> so it yeah. only makes and sense. And the most ogreized. Ogre it, it made sense. You know, I would, all right, they, these people don't want to hear about our fantasy No, nobody gives league. a damn. Anyway. Hey, before you get off that topic. Oh, so let's stay with wow. it. I like it. Um, kind of fantasy-related slash not. Matthew Stafford, false positive COVID. Yes. All year we're going to be dealing with it. Yeah. So let's take it beyond fantasy and say you're doing FanDuel or something like that. How do you think that's going to affect the season when they're doing testing? I think it's 90 minutes before kickoff that somebody can be deemed ineligible due to COVID and then turn around and two days later it comes out that it was a false positive and go. It doesn't. Re- I mean, if they miss a game, it doesn't really much matter, now, does it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, whether it's a false positive or not, if they missed a game, they missed a game. But you wonder what the union, you know, will say about this. And you see, and I will tell you what, there's more to it with this and Matt all- Stafford thing. Did you see that was actually pretty well written? What his wife put out wherever she posted that, where she just crushed the league said turned her whole family into pariahs or the children were being harassed once they knew he wasn't positive but it hadn't been announced publicly they got run out of a park run okay, out of come a grocery on. store who is going to harass people everybody people are nuts people well, yeah, are getting true. shot over not wearing masks right yeah i mean this is this happens or a, a vice versa somebody walks into a store uh, somebody asks them to wear a mask and they give them the beat down <laughs> it's it's craziness you have the old wood shampoo yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> people are nuts about this they stuff. are it's crazy but as of today you notice travis benjamin has opted out right wide receiver the 49ers not that consequential um marcus gilbert uh from the cardinals has um opted out Alan Hearns, he plays three weeks a year anyway. Who right. cares? Um, Geronimo Allison, not with the Packers any longer. Isn't with the he? Lions, Isn't who he cares? With the um, who else? Uh, Damari Scott from the Giants. Um, Matt Lacoste, tight end, for another Patriot gone. Is there something up there? 
I think Belichick's up to some shenanigans, some skullduggery and malfeasance there. It very well could be. You know, significant for, for Trevor. Yeah, significant for the Jacksonville Jaguars. L. Woods, defensive tackle, um, has opted out. Isaiah Prince, offensive tackle for the Bengals. And uh, Damian Williams, obviously uh, running back from the Chiefs, has opted out. And that just since the last show that we talked about. And there's a few other ones. Of, I thought, um, didn't I see Albert Wilson just this Albert afternoon? Wilson, I, yes, didn't you're right. I that? forgot didn't about I him. That? Another one, not all that impressive. But, um, yeah, I mean, that certainly, certainly ups the value going back to fantasy of your Devontae Parkers and your – right. Uh, Preston McWilliams, right? Or Wilson. Well, Wilson. <laughs> no, Albert Wilson. Williams. Well, it wasn't McMichael or whatever the hell <laughs> no, you said. No, I said McWilliams. It's Williams. McWilliams. Yes. But, uh, you know, Preston Williams coming back from the ACL, they said he may not be ready come week one. So, I mean, Devontae Bad Parker. Bad tidings for, for Miami. Devontae yeah. Parker could be getting 50 targets a game. Hey, so speaking of, I don't know if you saw this apropos of absolutely nothing, but I just remembered I took a screen cap of this and I wanted to get to it. So I don't know if you saw this, but Marty Janetti had a I post on that. Facebook this morning. Yes. If you haven't seen it, I just want to read this. This is unbelievable. So some of this I'll have to self-edit. So. Real quick. Yes. Uh, let the viewers know who Marty Janetti is. The Rockers, Shawn Michaels' yeah. tag team partner, yeah, former Shawn WWF Michaels superstar, turned on him famously on on the, threw him um, through the window. Uh, yeah, Brutus the Barber, Beefcake. Hey, I have a question before we get into Marty Janetti. <laughs> this is fun. how we're si- how we're sitting here doing this show live, right? Right. I'm on Twitter, you know, monitoring just in case we get anything, and all of a sudden I see Alejandro Finkelstein tweets one minute ago. <laughs> That he earned a Session Life Level 3 yeah, badge. You know what I wanted to ask you about? <laughs> How does the tweeters know what you're drinking? It's an app called Untapped. All right. So well, how did you just tweet a minute ago? I didn't. So I, it just so came up a minute ago. I checked into the app with this lovely 18-watt IPA, and Untapped, whenever you get a badge, automatically sends it to my Twitter. How do you get the badge? By checking into X amount of IPAs, by saying or you stuff. drank fifty-eight gallons of beer. Yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have always wondered because there will be days it's prolific. It's just bang, bang, bang. Like, He's drank forty-two beers today. This can't be possible. No, it 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 happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, it is possible. Look at him. He looks like <laughs> Billy Gibbons sitting over there. For God's sake, beer helps beards grow. <laughs> All right, Marty Janetti. Yes. <laughs> The Rockers. I, yeah, I never told no one this, even my brother Gino, because Gino would have killed him, and I didn't want my brother gone. Hell, he'd only recently come home from Vietnam. I was 13, working at Victory Lane's bowling alley, buying weed from a, and there's a word yes. for, that you can't say anymore, rhymes with bag. Yeah. We'll just say that. <laughs> that worked there, and he put his hands on me. He dragged me around to the back of the building. You already know what he was going to try to do. That was the very first time I made a man disappear. They never found him. They should have looked in the Chattahoochee River, but Winnie, the girl in the pics, so he's got a picture of what I assume is his yeah. girlfriend. I likes you so did now, this is where it takes an even another so he yeah, just really confessed to murder. Twist. He just confessed to murder and then he takes a hard left. 
I liked you so damn much, probably my favorite, but I promised myself way back then nobody would ever hurt me again. That includes you. I loved you, but you hurt me with your effing Jamaican jealousy. You can go your own way. I don't need you. And then there was a follow-up. Somebody asked him, you okay? And he says, yeah, me and Winnie just had a fallout. But if you're asking about the other thing, yeah, that was a billion years ago. Plus, I have the satisfaction of knowing that bitch ass, that word you should never say, especially when you look like Marty Jannetty, <laughs> never got to do another kid like that. So he confesses to murder because he's having a fight with his girlfriend. There could be real-life consequences and, for this, And double down. Right. Okay, I, I got a question for you. Now... You know, I have, we're all the same, similar type of ogres in this studio. Right. But at 13, I was not that bad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, where you could kill somebody and throw them in a river? I, yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, that he was describing was, you know, I think older, much, you know, I would se- seemed to be much older. And. You know, at 13, I don't really know if I could really overpower a grown man. Right. And and kill him and then somehow haul his ass to a river and throw it in. The Chattahoochee River. Yeah, the Chattahoochee River, which kind of sounds like the ode to Billy Joe in a way. I, I but, was thinking Alan Jackson. Yeah, but. there's the Alan Jackson song. Well, that's true. You don't true. know the Chattahoochee song? Yeah, well, yeah. It's a catchy little number. Yeah. Way down yonder. The Tallahatchie Jack. Bridge. I was thinking Ode to Billy Joe, but yeah, you're you're an Alan Jackson. Never right. knew how much that muddy water meant to him. Yeah, but he See, learned he how to swim a little bit. Of something. He learned who he was, a lot about living and yep. a little about love. Yep. I could sing the whole thing. You want me to do that? I I'd rather not. Uh, no, because we don't we don't have time, Rick. The, uh, we would, but later. <laughs> we were fogging up the windows no, in later. my old Chevy. Later, I was willing, but she wasn't ready. Actually, you're not singing it. You're talking it, well, and that's spoken so. word. Hey, I got a great story. I disagree. I have a great story wait, wait, for us. You're, you're just we're just done with Marty Janetti. <laughs> done he committed with, murder. What? Well, no, but you seem to be. <laughs> but so let's go back to Marty Janetti. He just confessed please, to murder. Please, online. let's go back to Marty Janetti and not you trying to oh. rap a country song. I wasn't rapping. I was just you weren't doing anything. Just with my docile tones, speaking through it. That's fair. <laughs> when are the two of you going okay. to grow up? All right, move on. Oh, Back yeah. to Marty <laughs> Jeanette. Anyway, I made the point about a 13-year-old. I want you to enhance Well, I'm just know, wondering, expand. has there been any follow-up? Has anybody seen? I mean, have the authorities I saw something contacted on, him? I, I mean, saw he's something on Twitter that there was no reports of missing people back in 1973 from oh, so that area of Georgia. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could be. So he said that he didn't tell his brother because he was concerned that his brother would do something after he had already taken care of the situation. Well, I think yeah, that saying, doesn't make any sense what either. What I'm thinking is, is the weed dealer must've had a propensity for putting his hand but yeah, that it doesn't line up because he never got to put his hands on Marty Jannetty because he killed him. If he already killed him, threw him in a river, why would you tell your brother anyway? Who's he gonna, to kill him? Yeah, who's his brother going to come after? Exactly, there's nobody left to come after. I imagine he's probably got it all dinged up. Probably doesn't make. I much think Marty Jannetty's had a few concussions. Yeah, I mean he did take a hell of a kick there from Shawn Michaels, and then he got thrown through the wall. And was it, was that the first official super kick? 
All the sweet chin music. Yeah. I don't know if that is the, the first one. I kind of feel like that if was they the... had used that or before or not, but I'll tell you what, I can remember watching that live. That was that was shocking. I, I was uh, very well, a impressed. good heel turn. There's nothing better than, and it's no, got to be it's like great. that. I mean, you have to have those are the classic ones. the The big turn of 1980 with Ole Anderson and Dusty Rhodes, Shawn Michaels and, and Marty Jannetty. That, I mean, those were great. And then Shawn Michaels. If I'm not mistaken, went to the Heartbreak Kid and Diesel. Kevin Nash was right. his bodyguard, remember? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was classic. Yeah, this is right at the beginning of my wrestling time. That's when wrestling right was still there. wrestling. Same, yeah. same. Exactly. There was, I think it's... We should try and get Kevin Nash on here. I love that he Kevin might. Nash on here. We had George the Animal Steel. Yeah, we did Kevin have George Nash. the Animal Steel. Why not Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash, was. A, I, I thought was... I guess he wasn't well-liked. But I thought he was underrated as well. I think he was the realist such and such and still is. Like, that's why people didn't like him. Him and Scott Hall. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't buy into the, you know, they were tired of being overshadowed by the Hulk Hogan's, the Macho Man's, and so forth, and not making money. And, I mean, they were they were the young talent. They were They weren't given... Enough breaks until well, basically the NWO. Yeah, it was the NWO when yeah. I first actually became aware of them because they right. were always in that bodyguard role or yeah. kind of. I don't want to say they were jobbers; they were above that, but not much right. above that. And then the NWO, they became this unstoppable force. So, were were you guys W? I think it was still WWF at that point. I was WC- NW. I was NWA fan back from like about 1980 yeah, through the fifties. He always does. Oh, I mean, no, back about 1980 because that was that was the Ric Flair's, the Dusty Rhodes, the Roddy Piper's, the Jake the Snake Roberts, all these kind of guys. When at that time it was WWF, it was like still Bruno hanging around. It was Bob Backlund who was about as dry as you know sand. It, it was horrible. And in the AWA, you had the Jesse, the Body Venturas, and the Nick Bockwinkles and so forth. You had those three main factions. And NWA at the time was head and shoulders. You had the Harley races, everybody, um, the Funks, the, the Briscoes, and so forth. But the McMahon, once the old man McMahon died and Vince Jr. took over, Man, he started gobbling up territories like that, right. and it it was uh, a monopoly. And you can tell it's a monopoly now. They have no talent, they have no jobbers, and the scripts are horrifying. Well, but there's nothing else to watch. Never changing. Now, looking back on it, I think when we're talking like the the Monday Night Wars, I was a WWF guy. Looking back on it, I think the WCW product was better. But here's how dumb I am, right? Shocker. This always comes back to how dumb I am. I just, the kind of the gray, dull color of WCW, I didn't enjoy watching. <laughs> I know that's dumb, but you had Stone Cold and The Rock and these huge personalities. I think the WCW product was better, but I, I was a WWF guy. I <clears throat> I was WCW specifically black and red NWO. Ooh, um, sting. Very specific. Uh, but at the same time, like I appreciated like the Dean Malenko's and the Perry Saturn before Perry Saturn went insane, um, right. like the c- 
kind of the throwback wrestlers that wrestled and it wasn't the glitz and glam i don't know but see i was the I w- dumb fan who pres- preferred stone cold breaking into a hospital room and hitting vince mcmahon with a bedpan and then the rock throwing stone cold off a bridge i kind of <laughs> like that stuff yeah I I, but you know i guess you know, you go back from like the '80s, like when I was like in the NWA. See, that was the type of thing. The four horsemen cornered Dusty Rhodes at his house and busted his yeah. arm and leg, you know, <laughs> on on camera, of course, <laughs> well, you know. But yeah, I mean, that was the same type of thing that they adopted in the Attitude Era, really. And I mean, the four horsemen started the whole thing. I don't even know if you're old enough to remember. The, yeah, there was a brief period. The problem with the four horsemen in that was it WCW, kind of that first, if they were even called whatever was on uh, TBS. TBS at right. the time. And so, growing up where I did, I didn't have cable. So right. WWF was on network TV more often. But my grandparents had cable, so I would check it out. But I didn't see much of it. I right. really did because I didn't have access to it. Exactly. Yeah. That that was the thing about cable down south. Of course, that's where I lived. Bet down there, we had the TBS and we had right. all that. And it was the Gordon Soles and the Lance Russells, and and you had that whole scheme of. Of, of the NWA, the Four Horsemen, Harley Race. And that was always a cool thing. Like, you had the Four Horsemen. They'd beat the hell out of anybody that was on there. Harley Race was always a champion back then. He'd come on there, and he'd start mouthing And nobody come out pissed with him, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those things. Speaking of those crazy things, though, the, the one that sticks out in my mind, the stupidest yet my favorite, do you guys remember it was in the WWF, and they did a – bit where the big show's dad had died uh, and, uh, and they were at the cemetery and the big boss man shows up in a and, blues <laughs> brothers car yeah, yeah hooks a chain up to yeah. his fun doing the air quotes his father's casket yeah. and drives yeah. that yeah. was so great i know like like these people wouldn't be arrested yeah. right it was just, it was just fantastic. Yeah, or these casket matches where the Undertaker throws the lid open, yeah. you know, and sits up oh, like that, from the that's day. classic. Yeah, or they're just the random pile of dirt at the top of the ramp, and he's burying people alive. <laughs> One of the classic ones is I remember the Undertaker, and I think. I don't know if it was N. I think it was NWO when they came to the WWF. Do you remember when the Undertaker came up through the mat and grabbed Kevin Nash oh, and pulled him down through? I mean, it was classic. It still, as a grown man, scares me every time his arm would pop up through. Yeah, the- <laughs> and I'll tell you what: you take a seven-foot guy. Remember back in the day, he could walk that top mm-hmm. that top rope. I mean, that's wicked agility, man. He might have been. I have never. I saw well, you've him, seen him in right. person. I have never seen just that much mass on a human being. The height, the width, just thick. Oh my god! I was. Well, I was here from you man. away from Andre the Giant, and oh, that I was that was the most impressive sight I've ever seen. That man was. I don't know how to describe. He's just humongous. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Way back in the day, my grandfather was a huge Penn State fan everything Penn state. He would even watch like wrestling matches when they were broadcast. He lived over in Lewistown, which is just a bit away from state college. Nonetheless, we went to a tournament in state college 
and I was three feet away from Brock Lesnar when he was a collegiate wrestler. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> collegiate. That man had muscles where I was like, that's where you're supposed to have muscles. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope he doesn't like pop out of nowhere and like whoop on me. Nicest guy in the world. Really? Really. Like the stories now where he just wants to be left alone and do his thing. Probably accurate, but he was so cool to like all the fans and the kids at the tournament. It, it's huh. true. You ever see some of these make a wish films or whatever? Oh yeah. They had some 11 year old girl, some illness. I forget what it was. Wanted to meet the undertaker. I mean, there, there's the under, he's sitting there reading her kids stories. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's weird. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, he was a nice guy when I met him outside of that strip club, but I think he was drunk too. So, yeah, so you, you didn't walk. I'm saying anything bad to him. No, either. no, it was nice <laughs> to meet you, sir. Have you guys like been catching the Mark Calloway interviews that he's been doing post retirement? What is it like the last ride or whatever yeah. it's called? Yeah, but since he's he's done a couple of podcasts and um, like a few actual in- interviews. And the stories he tells, like everything and anything that you could imagine Mark Calloway being is. Obviously, you guys remember, what is it, the 1998 Hell in a Cell with him and Cactus Jack or Mankind. Mankind, Where he goes through. Watch that interview with um, Mark Calloway or The Undertaker, however you want to, describing that, you know. He says, he, you know, he thought he killed him. He said that is the toughest man he'd ever seen in his life. You know, he, could, Met, he had that tooth sticking through oh, his yeah. lip, and he still got up. And it was Met like, Mick Foley at Slippery Rock. Really? Slippery Rock University. They say he's just reading his books, I think. You they say he's the most engaging yes. man in the world. And yeah. Like, above and beyond nice. Like, he engages you, and he will talk to you. And, like, it's just... There's it's guy, like a lost best those friend. Those are guys like him, and you've probably seen a few of them over your years, in a bar that you would never want to mess with oh, ever because you couldn't hurt him no matter <laughs> what you did. <laughs> Hitting him over the head with stools and yeah. he doesn't even look up. <laughs> and he laughs. Oh, yeah. It's bad. We are 50 minutes into this show and have talked about absolutely nothing. What was that story you were trying to tell 20 minutes well, ago and I stopped you? <laughs> it's okay. Is it you sports hear, related? Did you ever hear of the Lady Celeste? I have not. I have. Of course you have because you're oh, knowledgeable. Is this some music crap that you two are always it's doing to crap, make me look dumb? It's not crap. It has dumb? nothing to do with music. Okay, good. But there's nothing quite as creepy as a ghost ship. And perhaps the most famous of all is the Mary Celeste. Oh, I should know about this. It's ghosts. Yes, that's it's a my ghost ship. That's my. W- and account. the reason I took this is because Captain by Benjamin Briggs. Oh, is this your the merchant ship? Oh, yeah, it's my great 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 grandfather. Nice. The merchant ship left New York on November 1872. In addition to Briggs, the Mary Celeste carried his wife, his infant daughter, several sailors, and around 1,700 barrels. Of alcohol, all heading for Italy. Shocker, a Briggs with a pile of booze around him. Weird. <laughs> anyway, according F- to Finkelstein was a deckhand. According to Briggs's diary, the trip was pleasant, but they made. But before they made it to Europe, something unusual happened. The Mary Celeste was discovered sailing along without a single person aboard. However, the lifeboat was gone. 
and there was a strong rope running from the ship into the sea. Which means, what, the lifeboat may have got cut off, right? Right. While the hatch doors had been removed, there weren't any other signs of distress. The Mary Celeste looked good as new. Tragically, no one ever found Captain Briggs or the crew. And, and it still touches my heart today. Some, <laughs> some historians have blamed water spouts for their disappearance, which I don't really know what that is. Water spout, I believe, is like a tornado, Her, like a hurricane tornado, coming from the sea. Yeah. Instead While others of have down, considered pirates, giant waves, or mutinous sailors, but there's little evidence to support these theories. However, 19th century in, investigators did find something strange. Now, this is where it really gets cool. I'm excited. <laughs> of the 1,700-odd barrels on board, nine were empty. <laughs> Shocker. A Briggs got all hammered <laughs> and did something stupid. Not only that, but those nine barrels were made of red oak, while the others were made of white. So what is the significance there? I'm glad you asked that, Rick. Oh, yes. What What is the significance there, Rick? <laughs> I'm I glad you cue. asked that, Rick. Damn. Why? <laughs> damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. While as Brian Dunning of Skeptoid explains, Skeptoid. whatever the hell Skeptoid that, that That is a periodical of notes, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> White oak is watertight, whereas red oak is porous. It's likely that 300 gallons of alcohol seeped out of those red oak barrels and began evaporating in the ship's hold. Worried the alcohol might explode, the sailors tried venting the room by removing the hatch doors, but to no avail. Why, I don't know. Desperate, everyone gathered into the lifeboat, but not before tying the raft to the Mary Celeste. That way, they could trail along from a distance and not worry about the larger vessel sailing away. Unfortunately, before they could make a plan to deal with the alcohol, it seems the rope was accidentally sliced in two. The Mary Celeste quickly floated off, leaving ten terrified humans lost in the Atlantic Ocean. But didn't they find the lifeboat? No. Oh, I thought they did. No, only the boat, only the ship itself. Well, then that's what happened. Speaking of... Why didn't he just stay there and drink booze? That's the way I'd go out. <laughs> if it's going to explode, it's Why would explode? it explode? I mean, I just close the, the candles or the lanterns down, right? I don't know. I'm just... Spe- I mean, speaking of explosions and ships, did you guys see the videos from Beirut? Oh, my God. Oh, that was a wicked explosion. Um, ammonium nitrate. <sighs> you know, I used to spread ammonium nitrate on all my golf courses. I never knew it was that volatile till um, NSA, was Oklahoma his name City. Is Rick Briggs. Briggs. B R I G G S. Until Oklahoma City when they well, bombed yeah. that building. That's when the first time I really knew. I never knew that stuff could be used as a bomb. I just thought it was a fertilizer. Just a fertilizer. Yeah. But when I worked for my dad, he had a contract spreading fertilizer for national forests, ammonium nitrate. Oh, wow. He used to roll down interstates with jet fuel and ammonium nitrate nice <laughs> yeah he'd be on a watch list oh yeah now. yeah <laughs> hope he got paid a lot oh, well, we got six minutes left we could talk about sports for six minutes maybe why are we a sports show yeah kind of oh. loosely well the problem is we have 16 ounces not 12 ah. yeah, 
We could change the show. Name I don't it. have any. We could be the 16-ounce sports show on the 12-ounce sports network. I'm down to water. Wooter. <laughs> Fancy water you have. Well, so, real quick, now trip. we have five minutes left. Did you see these player demands coming from the players in the Pac-12? This one actually irritated me. So, basically, they're not going to play unless they get 50% of all revenue produced by football, six-year scholarships, one-year transfer with no penalty, and if undrafted, can return and be eligible. So, the last two, maybe the one before the scholarships I could live with. In what world do they think they're going to get 50% of revenue? It, it puts it puts people of this mindset in a tough spot because, number one, you obviously want the players to be paid, right? And maybe they do deserve it. But on the other hand, you eliminate every non-revenue sport and every woman's sport in the Pac-12 if you do this. This is this is maddening. And I guess what I can't figure out, what nobody has said, who is organizing these kids? Do you really have, what is there, 120 players on a Division One football roster Give across 12 teams? How did you get this organized? And yeah. Is this even real? Is this even real? I, I, I think it... I think I'm calling BS on this whole thing. And there's like one spokesman from UCLA, and he thinks he's speaking for everybody. So, so not knowing the numbers, but what does that do for the minor leagues? Like, would it pay more to stay in college and play than go to the CFL or the probably? I mean, fifty percent of football renew- revenue from USC. That's a pile of money. Now, is it going to be? spread is it specifically university to university or is it spread out like the nfl shocker they they have offered no details but of course espn's screaming from the rooftops this is the greatest idea ever and this has to happen you know not factoring into it's probably illegal with title nine you can't do it it can't be well done. yeah that's the thing i i agree you know you bring in title nine and everything how can they do this right Seriously. No, it can't. It can't right. be done. That money is used in the – they well, first of all, football funds every athletic department of every college in the country. If you have a major football program, that funds the entire athletic department. That's what we're seeing with COVID and why, you know, they want to say, oh, yeah, the your NCAA big schools is, is basketball and fo- football yeah. and basketball. The NCAA is right. greedy and desperate, and they just want to get – they want this TV money. No, no, these schools need it. Entire athletic budgets are funded by college right. football. This is why they're so desperate to get it done. But what I do wonder – now, we're only down to a couple minutes. We probably should have brought this up before we talked about ghost ships and The Undertaker <laughs> for 40 minutes. But this is what we do, right? So yeah. – and we like the I do wonder if this feels He's like a nice guy. Right. This feels like another <laughs> salvo towards the end of the NCAA, right? Where they're just going to be professionals. This this one isn't going to happen. It's not well thought out. It can't be executed. But within these conferences, the players are starting to organize. There's a big, big change of coming right. to college sports, especially major college sports, football hey, it, and probably basketball. It's 2020. Yeah. I'm tired of 2020. It needs I'm, to go I'm away. really Especially with this COVID and everything, with with all these programs being canceled and everything, I'm wondering if we see a trend. We don't see some of these things even coming back. Oh, I'm sure. Not. Once it's over, you know, even once this virus is over, I I, I just don't see a lot of the stuff coming back. And I think at the college level, I mean, if the players get their way and they seem to have enough political influence behind, I mean, without them, sounding bad, but I mean women's lacrosse no, it's or you know field hockey 
Huh? Field hockey for either sex. I mean, it just. They play ah. men's field hockey? I, I, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't even. I don't I'd watch know. that. Men's field hockey? Yeah. I think just go with lacrosse. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm but one. there they got to bend over because they just got that little short stick. I mean, That's you have you have basketball, you have football. Yeah, um, they're going to play golf. I'm sure. I mean, there can't be that much involved in you that, correct? Think. I mean, they're going to ten play... seconds, Rick. What's that? Just talk faster. We're running out of time. That's all right. Oh. You, we'll, we'll pick this up later. All right. Yeah, maybe next week we'll talk sports. So. <laughs> Thanks for Maybe uh, not. joining us this week on uh, It's Everything But Sports. should be, have to be the, <laughs> new, uh, the new title of the show. We'll be back next week. Check everything out, 12OnSportsNetwork.com, at 12OZ Sports, at Asylum Football, AsylumFantasySports.com. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.